0: Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your Master Certified Coach and Midlife Mentor. And once again, I'm so glad to be here with you for this week's episode, which is an interview with a woman in the middle who is someone who knew the key to putting herself finally first, was in the thought work, but she needed a coach to help her bridge the gap between thinking and doing. My guest today is Lisa Russell, an amazing woman in the middle, who is in my monthly coaching program, The Finally First Club. Lisa's been in Finally First for a few months now, and I thought it would not only be really interesting for you to hear from another amazing midlife gal about her midlife experience, but also about her experience with my coaching program, Finally First. Lisa's path was interesting. She was clearly searching. She discovered thought work, tackled weight loss, and then eventually started to also look for specific coaching to deal with the midlife issues she was experiencing too, like Empty Nest, for example. The big issues Lisa wanted to get more support about were really learning who she was post-Empty Nest and how that affected so many parts of her life. Lisa noticed that every day started to feel the same, and she was not thrilled about that. <laughs> Nothing exciting or interesting was ever happening. She started to get the insight that she needed more focus in that area, and that's really what started her quest that led us to working together. You're going to love meeting Lisa, and I'm sure you'll relate to her and have a lot in common, so enjoy the interview. All right, I want to say welcome to Lisa Russell, who is the first actual member of Finally First and the first woman in the Women in the Middle community has joined us on the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here, Lisa. Welcome. Thank you so much, Susie. I'm excited to be here.
1: Like being chosen first for a game. Ah, like Red Rover. Like,
0: like yeah, like Red Rover, Red Rover. Oh my god, I'm chosen. Woohoo. <laughs> That's so funny. So, I I really appreciate you coming here and of course I've appreciated you in the membership. I want to use this episode as a chance to just talk about your life a little bit as a midlife woman. What was going on for you? And then you know, what it was like to realize that you did want a little bit of help to keep moving forward in the way that you wanted to. So let's start by talking about your 40s. What was going on for you? I went through a
1: divorce in my 40s, so it was very unsettling on some dimensions, certainly not where I expected to be. I was divorced by 41, and then I met my now husband. I moved a couple of times. I changed jobs multiple times. There was a lot of movement in the 40s.
0: So it wasn't a settled time, but you were looking forward to settling, would you say? I was certainly hoping to
1: settle. I had spent some time in my 30s staying home with my children, letting my career slip backwards. I was trying to get back into that groove in my 40s and just trying to find my place.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it it could be really unsettling. And and now you're in Texas. How long have you been there? I was born and raised here in Texas. Oh, really? So when you were moving around, you were moving within the state? I was moving
1: within the city. I went to college outside of the city. I moved back here to the Houston area. And my ex-husband and I lived in an apartment. Then we lived in a house. Then we got divorced. And I moved to an apartment. Then I moved to a house. And there was a lot... With two kids in tow, there was a lot going on.
0: Yeah, definitely. So where are you now with the kids? Have they launched? They have launched. I sent the baby off to college three weeks ago. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And how are you doing with the launch now that he's been there? How are you doing?
1: So my oldest is very communicative with me. We're very close. She didn't go to college far away. She's only about half an hour away in, in the big city but my youngest has always been very hands-off and more teenagery. So I guess she's doing okay. She's three hours away. I'm going to go see her today. So,
0: I'll Oh, it was, a, it was a girl. I, for some reason, yes. I thought the youngest was a boy. Oh, that's so nice. Two girls. Two oh, girls. Right.
1: I, I'm doing all right. It's quiet. It
0: it's is quiet. Nice. I, you know, it's funny when mine finally all left the house. They're not all gone right now. They're back. But um, one is gone but i just noticed it was so quiet and also that it was less entertaining like i had been relying yes. for so long on how fun and funny they were and then when the fun is gone <laughs> there's a little bit more pressure to be entertaining yes,
1: yes. <laughs> you noticed that I would too agree with that. absolutely uh my youngest didn't come out of her room a whole lot but when she did we had fun together we cooked together uh, we would do puzzles occasionally, but now that she's gone, it's definitely very unfun, <laughs> at least from a
0: community, cultural,
1: family standpoint. It's I'm so true.
0: Fun. It's so true. And I, I, always, I always remember being fun, but I, you don't realize that, um, you know, the dynamic shifts when the kids are around. And now if you want that fun back, you have to do something about it for sure. Yes.
1: <laughs> Make your own fun.
0: Definitely. So tell me a little bit about when you realized you were feeling a little bit funky, like a little bit of a midlife (laughs) funk. What happened for you? What was that experience like? A little bit of
1: funky. Um, Let's see. I just turned 51. So a few years back, I was listening to some podcasts and somehow I stumbled upon Brooke Castillo and the Life Coach School. And I was listening to her content, and then I joined Self-Coaching Scholars for a short period of time, and absolutely loved it, and really realized that I love the model, and I love that thought work that goes with it, how I'm able to do a lot of my own direction when it comes to the way I think about things. And I ultimately ended up joining uh, No BS with Corinne Crabtree, and then, Earlier this year, I started thinking about coaching from the standpoint of where I am right now in life, less focused on weight loss or anything specific, but more about just being a woman and being this age. And I actually went back to the Life Coach School and started looking through coaches that had been certified
0: through the Life Coach School. And that was how I found you. Oh, that's so interesting. So you were on a quest. So you I were was on a quest. You were on a quest. So somehow you found the very first podcast that opened the door for you. So you started to kind of the light bulb went on for mindfulness and doing thought work and and understanding that you have more power than you think when it comes to your life, sounds like. And then you decided to focus on weight loss first. And you look, I'm looking at you on Zoom. You look gorgeous.
1: I think the probably the gorgeousness on Zoom is more about my thought work than it is about my way. Oh, I
0: love that. You look gorgeous in every way. You're sparkling. (laughs) (laughs) I think get my tiara. Do you remember
1: last birthday? You told me to wear a tiara on my birthday. And you listened? I did. I still love it. I wear it on my birthday.
0: (laughs) I love it. Well, that's what I do. I think everybody should be wearing a tiara on their birthday. That's for sure. Yeah, no, you're radiating. So it looks like um, that you're very happy and radiating from what I see. And I love that. And then I also love what you're saying about how you shifted focus then. So first you kind of got hip to what was going on in your brain. Then you decided to focus on weight loss. And then you decided to focus on where you were at specifically. And when you thought about where you were at, did you think about your age and stage? Absolutely. Absolutely. What way did you think For, about it?
1: I've never thought negatively about aging, but from the standpoint of knowing that certainly I wasn't the only woman in my 50s who launched children into the world or into college and or was getting ready to. I know from experience in talking to girlfriends and being in Facebook groups and some other places that we all struggle when we get those kids moving out the door with learning who we are, redefining our relationships with the people in our lives. So I knew that that's really where I wanted to work. It wasn't so much that I was in my 50s or my midlife, just knowing that being in my 50s and midlife would connect me up with other women in a similar situation.
0: Yeah, that's so true and I'm really finding that that women our age are craving being with like-minded women. And it's not that there's anything wrong with <laughs> our friends and our family and our associations, but there's something special about being at this age and stage with other women, not just other women in general, but women who are committed to growing. I think that's really it, that once you decide that you want to grow on purpose, because it's not that easy to make that decision. It's a little uncomfortable every now and again. (laughs) But once you decide that, it's very obvious when you're with people who haven't made that decision.
1: Have you found that? Yes. And it's interesting because looking back, I think that as women, we often focus on connecting with other women with a shared Item such as small children, but the mm. focus is always external. You have children in preschool, so you're looking for play dates and you join those mom groups, um, the mops, and that type of thing. And it's not that you don't have community with those women, it's just that ultimately you begin to grow away from one another because your shared interest changes. Yes. And I think as we're in midlife, This is where we're really focusing on ourselves and that shared interest will never change. We will always be focused on ourselves, hopefully.
0: Yeah, if you become finally first (laughs) (laughs) because there's some discomfort with that too. It's like, who am I? You don't even know who you are anymore many times. So one thing that you said earlier when we were talking about you coming on the podcast was that every day felt the same. And I've heard that described By other women is kind of like blah. Like it's just blah these days. And I've been calling it a midlife funk. It's like something's off. You don't really know what it is, but you're not feeling uh, like comfortable in your own skin anymore. And so how would you describe every day feeling the same? What was that like for you?
1: For me, it was not having a focus in my day. I can definitely still remember very distinctly being in the shower one morning and thinking this shower (laughs) feels exactly like yesterday's shower and the day before and the day before and the day before. And my brain was telling me, well, of course it does. It's a shower. You basically do the same thing in the shower every day. And that's when it hit me that that was not what I was talking about. It felt like starting my day was going to be a repeat of yesterday, like a groundhog day where nothing really interesting happened, nothing exciting happened. It just was the same. And I didn't want it to be that way. I wanted to wake up and say, what am I going to do today that's going to be interesting and fun and exciting? And what choices am I going to make to make that happen?
0: Exactly. And I think because you started your quest <laughs> with with this focus on mindfulness, so you already kind of got the memo that waiting for excitement to find you isn't the best approach. That we need to create the excitement, just like we have to create the fun when the kids leave. <laughs> we have to create a plan. We have to start dreaming again we have to start thinking about what would be really cool what do i really want what might i regret so that every day isn't the same and so that you do have that excitement back in your life i totally hear what you're saying and once you opened it up a little bit for you yourself to walk through the door what was that like and when did you know that you needed a little bit more help like what could you see yourself doing and what could you see yourself getting stuck doing
1: It's interesting because on some dimensions, I could see myself doing anything and everything. And that actually was part of where I felt like I needed some structure because it was easy for me to lay out in paper that I could, if I truly wanted to, take up a new hobby, learn a new skill, win the Nobel Peace Prize, whatever it is I chose to do. But then it suddenly felt like, okay, well, we can't do everything. Well, maybe we could, but we can't, we shouldn't do everything because that would get overwhelming, especially because some of the things I was thinking about, well, that's not even interesting to me. So I, what I really wanted was to be able to find a way to focus on not only what I wanted to do, but did it really make sense for me to do it? And mm. then if it did, how would I accomplish it?
0: Right, and it c- it can definitely feel pretty overwhelming when that spin starts. It's like, yeah. uh, then look, there's a squirrel starts to happen. It's like, I could do this and I could do this, and oh my god, that cost too much. But wait, I really want to do it. What should I do? Where does it all fit? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. A, a, t- a a beautiful swirl, a beautiful swirl. <laughs> so we got connected then through that um, through the life coach school, which is amazing. And what was it about the finally first club that you found appealing? Because it sounds like, well, it kind of sounds like it's exactly what you were looking for, but what really stood out to you? (laughs) I'll make sure I repeat that language.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What stood out to me, of course, was a community of women and knowing that working with you and these other wonderful women in this group would be not only a shared sense of purpose, but also that it would be a safe place to be that no one was going to be shamed for the way they felt, that even if no one actually understood or could commiserate where you were coming from, they were at least open to, and still are listening to whatever it is that you have to say about your situation. And on top of it, the way that you had and still have structured the lessons and the outline of everything building upon one thing and then the next and then the next makes it so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Instead of simply shining a spotlight on myself and saying, what am I going to do? And just looking at that beautiful swirl, being able to work in smaller pieces so it doesn't feel like it's going to be crushing and I'll never get through this.
0: I love that because I I do find that um we're so hard on ourselves and we we're just so full of criticism if we're not doing it right or we're not doing it fast enough or it's taking too long and look at my friend look how far she is already and like all the compare and despair and all just all like more swirl of negativity about how we're not doing it right when we're doing something we're doing something for ourselves finally um that's great to hear and that's really why I developed it like that little chunks but I think what's surprising to many is what you said, is that it builds on each other. Like you can't just snap your fingers or wiggle your nose like Samantha Stevens and, and come up with the poof and the answer and the clarity. It takes some time. And like you, I get my best ideas in the shower. And so I came up with this success path, which is really just um, a framework for the journey forward. And I'd worked with enough midlife women over the last six, seven years to kind of really appreciate what's important. So this framework guides, guides us through a look at your brain. So it starts out with the mindfulness skills, learning the skills, learning how to use the thought model that you referenced, which is a, five, uh, a five-step framework to understand the way you're thinking. And you can really improve this skill so that you can get such better perspective on what's going on in your brain and what it is that you want. And then we look at aging because many of us don't even think we have weirdness around aging, but we do. And then it certainly affects our lives without much knowledge often about how we're actually affecting our lives. And then we go through an assessment based on the framework that I've developed to take you through looking at different parts of your life and figuring out what you want and then planning to move forward on what it is that you want and then finally stepping in to the new you, which is you living in alignment with what you think is important. So much of the time we just swirl in our lives too in a big autopilot blur and we don't uh, really appreciate that there's a disconnect. Like if, for example, if you think you really want to spend more time with um, somebody that's important in your life, but then you look at what you're actually doing and you see, oh, I'm not really making an effort to spend that kind of time with that person. Or if you've been complaining about your job for five years, like I was, (laughs) and then you say, oh, well, what am I doing to change that situation? Or so many things, like you noticed it with weight. You decided to make weight a priority. And so many times, a decade goes by and we've lost track of our own priorities. So that is what I did. I broke it down and I'm so um, thrilled to hear that you really do appreciate that it's breaking down the overwhelm and that the ideas are building on each other because like I said, you can't wiggle your nose and get the insight right away. It takes time. And when you have all the pieces to pull together some parts repeat, but you interpret them differently when you're farther along and more ready to appreciate what's happening. So what would you say one of your big insights has been so far?
1: For me, the insight has come from finding out that it's not the big accomplishments that are hugely moving me forward. Those are definitely very lofty goals. I love the idea that I could find a new career and do something 180 degrees different from what I do now. But the small accomplishments are very meaningful to me and very important. And I'm finding that by making time for just the little things, I build up so much momentum and so much success that it propels me forward and gives me the confidence to do bigger things. Can you share an example of one of those small things? I, I absolutely can. It's actually kind of funny, um, and I I could turn you and show you kind of what's behind me if you want. But my daughter moved out, and I had always had this idea I was going to make this craft room, because I do like to craft. And one of the things that has been kind of intimidating for me is getting back into sewing. My mother taught me to sew. I was never great at it, but I liked doing it. It was part of the whole crafting circle that I had with some other handwork. And I recently decided I'm just going to buy a sewing machine because what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to sew something badly. Oh, well. And so for me, that was a small accomplishment that actually has been really big because it's given me an opportunity to, and 40 years later, to learn something new or relearn something new and get excited about it. And it seems like such a little thing, but I've learned not to minimize it because it really does bring me
0: joy. Oh my gosh, I am beside myself with glee that you did this. <laughs> and, and now you can become one of those uh, fabric hoarders. <laughs> because, <that's, laughs> because I have a whole room here to hoard. You have it a whole to. room. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that is the best example. And um, that's how I discovered tap dancing again. It was through doing this kind of exercise. And, you know, what we find so often is that what brought us joy when we were children or when we were younger at different times in our lives, that's the exact thing that will bring us joy again. But for you to make space and think about it and then say, oh, I'm worth spending money And time on purchasing a sewing machine, on declaring that I'm taking over this room. My kids make fun of me that I'm taking over the house (laughs) with all the new little spaces. But it takes effort. Like to make something like this happen in your life takes a big effort. A lot of thinking that has to line up with feelings that motivate you for you to actually do it. So the insight that it didn't need to be a big thing, that little things count. That is beautiful because the way we do little things is the exact way we do the big things too. It's the same. It's the same process of thinking how you're thinking. There's
1: also a little bit of safety in the small things. Yes. That learning to accept that I might sew terribly, but still enjoy it, means that on bigger things, it's okay to fail at those two because we fail forward.
0: Yeah. So you practice failing, you practice taking risks, you practice being a beginner, which is a big deal. A lot of women our age, we haven't been beginners. We haven't sucked at anything in a long time. Right? So to to put your hand up and say, yes. I'm gonna suck. I'm gonna do it anyway, it's awesome. And you know the other thing is that you can absolutely find and maybe you've started to find them already. Um, other women and other communities who are very excited about talking about sewing and like podcast heaven, you know, there's a podcast on everything. And so there are just so many ways to explore that. That's beautiful. And what, um, what lesson, what was the focus of the lesson that helped you kind of see that? Do you remember?
1: Um, I actually have all of my lessons right here. I keep everything so organized. And I drag it around anytime I have a few moments in my car, I will listen to something or read through something. I'm currently working on a lesson about what we enjoyed as children. And that was a big impetus because actually the sewing machine purchase is probably about two weeks old
0: at this point.
1: And it's been an interesting journey back to childhood for Mm -hmm. me during this Mm -hmm. lesson because in a lot of ways, I think as we enter midlife, we tend to brush off what happened to us as children because it was a long time ago. It can't <laughs> be that important anymore. How can it possibly still influence what's happening? And really having the prompts and the thought process through being a child again. And one of the questions that was in the lesson was, one of, what was the thing that you enjoyed As a child. And I remember I used to hide in my closet with a table and a box of crayons and paper and I would color and draw and pretend I was an artist and I was having an art show. (laughs) And it's just been really fun to go back and think through that. And even though the thread might seem incredibly thin, being able to Take the needle and draw it all the way from being four or five, six years old to now in my 50s. It's just been fascinating.
0: That's beautiful. That is really beautiful. So I'll just take a second and share what the lessons are like. So in the membership, the Finally First Club, you get some standard information once a month that just comes to you. You can, it like opens up in your membership based on when you join. So there's always a recorded lesson and a workbook. And then there's a curated podcast workbook as well. So the podcast workbook, I go through the episodes and I pick two that are related in some way to the topic of the month. And there's also a workbook there. And then what happens, and you can do that at your own pace, that's do it yourself. And then there's also a Facebook group. And this is where you get to know the other women in the group, which we like to call first ladies in the Finally First Club. And so there are daily prompts and two of the prompts a week are specifically about the lessons and about the things you're thinking about. So if you want some help identifying, um, a thought or a feeling or something that's confusing and you need help unpeeling the onion, we do all that in the Facebook group. There's also a weekly Facebook live that I do on Think Thursday. And that is, um, just something that I've seen coming up in the group or coming up in my world of of working with midlife women to just help you go a little bit deeper. And then there are the group coaching calls. So once a month, there's a group coaching call. You can get coached on whatever you want. And then the second call of the month is either a group coaching call, or it's a bonus webinar, or sometimes we even have a guest. And we've had some interesting guests and we will continue to have interesting guests, guest experts, To bring really fun topics to the group, and so what's starting to happen now? We started, uh, let's see, eight, nine months ago, I think. And what's starting to happen now, and I think you're picking up on it, Lisa, is we're starting to get comfortable with each other. Like people join it throughout the year. There are certain times when it's promoted, but you start to really get to know each other. And because you commented on this, there's safety in being in a growth community and being in a community where. People want to learn and whatever you're getting coached on or whatever you're sharing, even if somebody else hasn't gone through that specific thing, the feedback is always, oh my gosh, I got so much from you sharing your situation Or there's always something to draw from it that is really, really useful to other women. So it's been super fun. I'm so um, delighted that you're carrying this stuff around. It's so funny. Like you can print out the worksheets, you can do them however you like, and you know, like I said, you can follow up in the Facebook group or on a coaching call and get even even more detail. Um, so I love that. And another thing that you said earlier that I wanted to pick up on in the notes, preparing for the interview, was you noted that um, this idea that everything it, there's a choice involved, and it's either your choice to make, or it's your choice not to make. And that idea of taking full responsibility for your emotional well-being, for the way your life goes, for any regret-proofing activity that you would like to get going on to make sure that you don't have regrets, that that's all yours. What's it been like for you to really appreciate that?
1: Wow. That's a, a question I could answer for a long time, For me, it's definitely made me stop in my tracks several times because it's not to say that when you take control of the fact that you can make your own choices, that you can choose to be or feel a certain way, it doesn't mean that you don't sometimes feel yucky about something, that you're not angry or unhappy about something It just really helps you when you're able to focus in and say, I'm unhappy, I'm choosing to be unhappy, and then really breaking that down into why am I unhappy? Why am I choosing to be unhappy? And is there anything that I can do to come up with a different feeling? Maybe I don't have to be rainbows and daisies about it, but can I be accepting of it? Can I be compassionate about it? And for me, that has been the biggest wow, is, is going through life on a daily basis and having those moments where you think, this really sucks, <laughs> and then thinking, but what else can we do? What else can we think to make it so that it doesn't feel so sucky? And being able to take control of my thoughts and my actions. And even if I can't make it 100% better, I can at least make it feel a little bit better
0: in the moment. Exactly. It's huge. And I'm remembering, too, when I first started to really see and appreciate this work in my own life. And it was around the topic of anxiety. Mm -hmm. So if I would get anxious about something, in the past, I didn't know what to do. And now I know exactly what to do. And um, so at first, I was, you know, when you first get, come to this work, sometimes you don't really appreciate how much you can learn and do for yourself. Like you get the guidance and the mentorship, but there are skills that you can develop and practice and get better at. And so in my early, the early years, when I was just new to it, I was practicing, and the first thing that happened was something about something that made me anxious, and right away, I noticed how I felt, and I was like, whoa, okay, now I know that I'm thinking something that's creating this for me. Let me just be curious and go see what I can find out, and in the old days, I wouldn't have been curious. I would have just said, well, I guess I'm anxious, and that's that. Move on, (laughs) or not. (laughs) So I have to find that thought was very empowering.
1: Yes. And I have, I, I doubtful my husband will listen to this podcast, but in case he does, I love you, honey. I love my <laughs> husband dearly. I've been with him 12 years. And one of the things that happens is he comes home from work and he talks and he talks and he talks and he talks. And until I started working on where I wanted to be in midlife, it would annoy me because I'm an introvert and I was typically either home all day or I was at work all day, but now home and relishing in the quiet. And this year I started asking myself why I was annoyed. Why does it bother me when he comes home and talks so much? And in doing, working through it, what I realized is that is his way of transitioning from work to home. It is his way of showing me that he values me enough to share everything that happened during his day. And when I stopped thinking about it as something that I thought he was doing to annoy me, which of course he was not, and started (laughs) thinking about it in a different way, then I stopped being annoyed about it. Amazing. Comes home, I set something aside, and I listen to him. He talks to me for 20 minutes, and it's wonderful. It's just really wonderful when you're able to step I guess I would say outside of myself and look at it. How can I look at this differently? How can I feel about this differently? How can I think about this differently?
0: Amazing. And that that really is the power of thought work to create your result on purpose. Yeah, that's beautiful. So what advice would you give other women in the middle who are feeling a little off, craving a little more support, and definitely wanting to create a future that is, uh, you know, more in line with what would make them excited? What advice would you give?
1: One of the things I see often in our age group is that women feel like they don't have the time to devote to themselves. And the time that they do devote to themselves, they feel selfish, as if it's taking away from other things in their life. And the two things that I would share is that we've all heard that, put your auction mask on first before you help someone else. It really does make a difference to put yourself first, to support yourself because it opens yourself up to being able to care for others in a much broader way. If you do take care of yourself. The other thing I would say is that you don't have to spend an enormous amount of time. We talk about big dreams and big goals, and those are awesome, but It really only takes a few minutes on the daily to put yourself first, to work on a few thoughts, to work through a couple of questions from a lesson, to listen to a podcast, and just get the ball rolling. It doesn't have to be this deep, meaningful thing that you do for hours every day. You can set aside just a few minutes every day for yourself. It really makes a huge difference.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And you know, the, the reason that the Finally First Club is called the Finally First Club is because when I originally started the membership, I had uh, a group of women that were called founding members and I worked with them to, you know, help me think through a few things. And one of the things was the name of the group based on their experiences, what would resonate with them. And I'll never forget one of the women when I proposed Finally First, she said, Oh, it was an audible gasp and she was like that's it that's it we want to be finally first and not feel that it's indulgent and not feel that we're not worth it and you're exactly right and one of the questions that comes up about well what's the the best way to get the most out of the membership and it really is first to put yourself first but then to plan So at the beginning of the month, you look at what the possibilities are, look at what the dates are, the lessons and the workbooks are always going to be there, the Facebook group, it's the same stuff. And you just decide, how do I want to consume? How do I want to experience this material this month? And you're right, it's not hours. It's not overwhelming. It's just the commitment to yourself to plug in and pay attention and participate at whatever level you're comfortable participating. Uh, One question I get too is Facebook. Not everybody loves Facebook and we do have a Facebook group. So what I always say is you can participate however much you want. Some people love the Facebook group, others don't. You can also just watch what's on the Facebook group and just get involved as little or as much as you want, but you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. It's the same on the coaching calls. You don't need to Um, get coached unless you want to get coached. But the idea is to be intentional about it. So rather than just saying, oh, I'm too afraid to comment, is you aware of what you're thinking that is preventing you from commenting or deciding in advance, I only want to look at Facebook on Tuesdays. And then that's what you do, you know? So it's just being much more intentional about all of it. And like you said, putting yourself first don't be scared to take the first step and that every step doesn't need to be massive. Like you don't need to, in, you just don't need to do huge things to get impact from this kind of commitment. I'm so glad you mentioned that and um, not being afraid to take the first step is really something else because this is a very accessible option for for women in the middle. It's It's an amazing option To just dip your toe in and see how you do, and see how you grow, and see how you connect, and get comfortable with putting yourself first. And notice that, okay, maybe I won't be uncomfortable, maybe I won't be completely comfortable all the time, but I believe in this. I believe in surrounding myself in this world. I'm going to do it. So the doors are opening to finally first again soon. The doors open periodically throughout the year. So there's going to be some amazing first ladies coming our way. So what would you say to anybody who's on the fence, listening right now on the fence about joining finally first? Try it.
1: If you don't try it, you will never know. You will never know the impact that you can make in your own life, in the lives of those that you love of the lives of the people around you unless
0: you try. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And you're not going to get a chance to meet Lisa unless you join. (laughs) (laughs) It's the grand prize. Oh, yes, she's definitely (laughs) the grand prize. So thank you so much for sharing your story and for being such an amazing first lady. I'm thrilled that you're getting so much and that you're growing forward exactly the way you want to. And anybody interested, In checking out the Finally First Club, just head over to www.iamfinallyfirst.com. Lisa, thank you so much. And I can't wait to see you on the other side. Thank you, Susie. So did you relate to Lisa's realization that every day was starting to feel the same? (laughs) She was totally on a quest, that's for sure. A quest to get excited about her life again. I love how she noted that being in a community of like-minded women was so important and really appreciated a shared purpose, a safe place to be. So good. Lisa also really appreciated the structure and flow of the lessons and how they build on each other throughout. That just warmed my heart. It's really not overwhelming at all, but at the same time, you're making huge progress in figuring out what you really want, finally. So what do you think? Are you ready to go from last on the list to finally first too? Do you want to prioritize yourself and start doing thought work to really understand what you want and who you want to be at this stage of your life? You know, I can hook you up. (laughs) The Finally First Club is your safe place to land your virtual home away from home for coaching, community, and connection. And you know what? You can join several times a year, and now is one of those times. Doors open again on October 5th, 2020. You can always get on the VIP list, though, if you head over and the doors are closed. You can get on the VIP list, and that way you won't miss a thing. You'll always know when you can join. So head over to www.iamfinallyfirst.com. Get your adorable butt over here to hang with us. We are waiting to meet you. (laughs) All right, that's it for today's episode. My focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck it's time to get excited about your life again, my friend. Life is short. And you know what I say, grab the tiara. Being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be. Check out the show notes with more information and links at SusieRosenstein.com. Download my free guide, Nine Secrets to Get Unstuck in Your 50s at susierosensteincom forward slash nine secrets. And if you're ready to finally put yourself first and join the club, you can become a First Lady. Join us at the Finally First Club, www.iamfinallyfirst.com. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought at a time. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.